Episode 72. Welcome back to the Buzz Pod. I'm your host, Nico Blatchman, and we have a sick epi today. Um, before we get into our special guest, I want to say congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the Stanley Cup back to back champs. Special congrats to Buzz Pod guest Matthew Joseph on uh, winning yet another cup. So, uh, congrats to them. I'm sad that the NHL, that there's no hockey um, for a little while, but. Um, but we'll be back. Time to lock in, focus on the offseason. Um, it's been a grind, but I'm absolutely loving it. Um, speaking of the grind, the process, I'm going to read you guys a quote from uh, this new book that I'm reading, Blatchy's Book Club. You know what it is. Um, this book is called Good to Great. It's about why some companies make the leap from good to great and others don't. No matter how dramatic the end result, the good to great transformations never happened in one fell swoop. There was no single defining action, no grand program, no one killer innovation, no solitary lucky break, no miracle moment. Rather, the process resembled relentlessly pushing a giant, heavy flywheel in one direction, turn upon turn, building momentum until a point of breakthrough and beyond. Trust the process, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't happen overnight. Epi 72, here we go. Joining us today is a University of Maine alum and host of the Monkey Mind podcast, Danny Perez. What's up, man? What's going on? How are you? Thank you for having me. What's up, man? Dude, it's uh, it's great to catch up. I mean, we just recently met. Uh, kind of crazy. I mean, I, I, I know very little about you, so uh, that's why this is actually going to be a great epi because those are usually good, but... Uh, Let's get into you first. Like you played hockey at the University of Maine. You're from New Jersey. Uh, t- t- tell me about that. Like your experience at University of Maine, D1. Yeah. Um, no, great experience. Like I said, like you said, from New Jersey. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Before that, too, like played tier three, pay to play hockey at the Eastern Hockey League. So first two years that was there, and then uh, found myself at the University of Maine playing Division One. So I was obviously super grateful for that opportunity and. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a recruited walk-on situation, so I pretty much just was, like, going to scratch and claw my way into the lineup, and, um, yeah, just, I was a role guy there, so glue guy, locker room guy, and I think I did a pretty good job at that role, and, um, yeah, I met a lot of my great buddies, and obviously, just being able to play at that competition and that level is, it was an unreal experience, and um, we've obviously played at some sick places, Notre Dame, Miami, Ohio, BCBU, and, and just to name a few, we played, uh, even minnesota Duluth, so um really cool spots and met a lot of my you know buddies for life there and yeah had a great four years great experience yeah i was gonna say ehl to d1 i actually have it written down ehl to d1 is that common question mark because like dude i know i have a couple buddies that played in the ehl but none of them ever played d1 so i was actually curious like that probably doesn't happen too often yeah i mean at the time when i was there it was i was in the ej before that for a little bit Boston Bandits, and then, like, after that season, it, like, junior hockey on the East Coast just, like, dismantled, and then it became the EHL and the USPHL at the time. Yeah. Um, so, like, the first two years of the EHL, we actually did have some D1 commits. Grant Gallo went to UNO. Um, Frankie Tuffaloo went to UNH. Um, I also went to University of Maine, but it was, like, so far few between. It was legit a handful of guys. Um, Cam Deneen was in the league at the time, and he's obviously still playing up and down with Arizona, so... Um, wow. Yeah, but I mean now it's just like Oh yeah, he played he played like kind of as an underager, right? Yeah, he was super young. He was like 15, 16 years old and I was yeah. like 20, 21 age now. So like yeah. 
there were kids like that sprinkled in, but now, honestly, man, it's like, it just doesn't happen anymore. So I was kind of in a weird little funky spot where um, the junior hockey on the East Coast wasn't as much of a shit show yet. So so I was like, you know, coaches were still coming to scout there, and I was in a spot where I was doing well. And, um, yeah, I mean, just uh, did really well and found myself, you know, getting an opportunity at Maine. So, yeah, like like I said, there was a couple guys here and there that ended up going to Division One, but now it's um, – not really happening too too much so i mean i was just i was grateful for the opportunity like i said yeah and is that where monkey mind came about like when you were at school or is that something that just recently came about like talk to Uh, me about uh about when and why you decided to uh to start a podcast yeah so pretty much like i guess like the story behind it is like i guess it was started at me just because i always kind of suffered from anxiety depression like gone through some pretty dark episodes so like whole backstory behind it is like going through some tough times at Maine and even after in pro but I just started it um I think like the first episode was released was released June 3rd 2020 so like kind of in the middle of the pandemic um okay. yeah I just at Maine I just was uh, in a tough spot at times just not playing and um you know getting scratched a ton and it was just a you know rough experience like you don't feel like you're part of the team and um yeah, I mean, I was just drinking a ton and, like, didn't know. I was kind of felt like I was back in the corner, didn't know how to cope, and felt like that was kind of the answer at the time and just put me in a darker spot. And then, um, yeah, after that, I played a couple games in Greenville at the end of my senior season and did super well, like, definitely overachieved for what, what yeah. my standards were at college. Yeah. You know, like, I like super, like I think I put up five, five points in four game play in four games. Yeah, play. and I put up, I think, like, five points between my junior and senior year combined. So yeah. Um, yeah. for me, that got me super excited because like I was getting three minutes a night at school and I thought I had more to give to the program and just wasn't really getting much opportunity, which, you know, it was fine, whatever. Like, But um, so that kind of was like, all right, I, I think I'm more of a pro-style player. I'm finally getting to play more than five minutes, three to five minutes. And, you know, I, I believe in myself. So, um, yeah, like, I got excited and, you know, tendered, qualified, whatever it's called. And then signed a contract. And obviously, like, coming out of college, you know, I had an agent. I say he was, like, more worried about, like, the 50, 15-year-olds that he was, you know, playing U16. So, like, he didn't care about me. I was, like, a low-level client for him. So, like, right. I was super prepared going to that first-year pro. And I didn't realize that, like, your contracts were written on toilet paper. So, pretty much walking into camp, like, after being told the whole summer, like, yeah, you're going to play, you're going to be the guy kind of thing. Walked into camp, first day, it was, like, six seven forwards sent down from two american league affiliates yeah. so the writing was on the wall pretty quickly that hey like i'm not making this team so um yeah like after that got cut out of camp um went home for two weeks and kind of trying to figure out what i was going to do so i decided to go down to the sp play for Macon, um making mayhem there and just kind of saw myself i guess like fizzling out of the game i was like yeah, it's gonna be tough to you know kind of do something here and um starting i guess lose hope especially after like you know four years not playing and then getting the opportunity doing super well and getting my hopes up again and then going down there just put me in a pretty tough spot um because obviously everyone loves hockey and wants to play forever and wants to play at the highest level so realizing pretty quickly in your pro career that you might be getting out of here and might be uh doing something else for the rest of your life kind of sucks or at least the next couple of years kind of sucks. So, um, yeah, I just went to like a pretty dark spot and, 
Um, you know, I learned from my previous experiences in college that, you know, drinking wasn't going to help. So, yeah, I had to uh, come home a couple times, twice actually, to see a therapist and um, get my mental health kind of checked out. And, yeah, I mean, um, the second time I came home, I had a buddy, it's kind of an interesting story, I had a buddy pick me up from the airport and walked into the car. And I was like, hey, great to see you. Thank you for picking me up. And this person um, was like, why'd you come home? And I was like, yeah, my mental health issues. I got to see a therapist, get myself figured out. And like, it's getting pretty bad. And uh, they're like, you came home to see a therapist, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, that's why I came home. And they just, they called me a pussy and said that it's not real, doesn't exist. Like, oh, they don't really talk. Fuck. Yeah, don't tell too many people about it. Like, keep that, you know, keep that to yourself. Um, so, you know, you can only imagine the kind of place that that put me in. So, um, yeah, honestly, from all of that, I kind of, you know, ended up getting actually called up to Kansas City after my second time being home. I knew the coach there. He was like, yeah, come up, come play a couple games. He kind of knew the situation I was in with my mental health. He was like, just get out of your house. Like, come up and be here. And, um, yeah, I told him no a few times, but he insisted. So, ended up going up. And, uh, yeah, second game there, second shift. Tore my meniscus. Jeez. Out for, like, six weeks. And then my first game back, I got the nod to play on, like, that Monday. So we had a game on Friday at home. And then the night before the game, it was a Thursday, we got the call saying the season was canceled for COVID. Wow. Uh, but it's kind of like a shitty, you know, few events that year. Um, and essentially from that, I just kind of realized, like, there's no way I'm the only one going through, like, rough times i know a lot of people are scared to open up i'm not really that afraid of opening up i just use humor about it um and kind of through doing that i you know a lot of people would come up to me oh like you actually like you suffer from anxiety you get depressed i'm like yeah man like it's been my whole life like this um so from that i kind of realized wow there's probably a lot of other people going through this exact same stuff as me who are just you know scared to open up and that's totally normal so i figured i'd create a platform for athletes to come on, share their story, feel comfortable, kind of get things off their chest in a safe space. And, um, yeah, we're 63 episodes deep right now, and I've been loving every second. It's been helping me with my anxiety, just knowing that I'm, you know, helping people who listen or come on and talk about it and um, just, you know, kind of providing that outlet for people to, you know, talk about something so sensitive and, you know, so tough to deal with. Yeah, dude, that's 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 fucking awesome, man. Like, uh that's that's awesome. I uh, I actually wanted to because I started my podcast also um, to learn from others, right? Like, because like every epi, like I find I learn something new, and like one of the biggest like lessons that I've learned through this podcast is that like everyone actually does have their own unique story, and uh, and like everybody, especially hockey players, I find through their careers, like even the guys that you think have never battled adversity like everybody goes through shit in their hockey career and uh everybody deals it deals with it differently what i wanted to ask is like what are some things that you've learned like since starting this podcast that have helped you like um let's say like specifically with mental health since that's what since that's what it's about like some things maybe you've added to your life uh some new habits that you've learned from some of your guests or just like some some ways to to deal with it you know what i mean yeah um well one big thing was that you're not alone i always thought that i was kind of the only one going through it or the only one who went through it on such a deep level and i've grown to realize that there are so many more people that go through it 
then I think there's more people that go through something to some degree than there are people who don't go through anything at all. So Well, yeah, like I feel like if you're a living human being, like you're going to end up going through shit, no? Exactly, man. And and being an athlete, like it's even more normal because you care about something so deeply and as a hockey player, like you know, most hockey players start playing at 3, 4 years old. So like it's all you do, man. And you care about it so much, you're passionate about it, and all of us who play at high levels, like, it's all you know, and you care about it, you care deeply, and, you know, shit happens, and um, just, that's the biggest thing was that, you know, you're not the only one going through it, and another thing was talking helps, man, I know it's hard to talk about it, but just finding someone that you can talk about it, just just to get that stuff out of your head, and, and just kind of in the open is another thing, and, um, a couple other things, like tangible things that I've implemented in my life that have helped me is like just self-talk, man. Like I've, you know, struggled with self-confidence and just like my anxiety and just kind of talking to myself and just kind of, I guess like give myself a pep talk, so to speak, and just kind of say like, hey, like you got this, like you're the man, like you can do this, like, you know, just like you're capable of a lot. Just kind of having like, like adding some swagger to yourself just by, you know, they say self-talk is, is super important. So kind of do that to myself. Um, it helps me and journaling, man, like writing down three things a day for 21 days rewires your brain for happiness and just finding that I'm journaling every day and writing down three things that I'm grateful for. Like the simplest stuff, like food, my five senses working, a roof over my head, a bed, like little stuff like that. You begin to appreciate the small things. And I just kind of realized that, um, you know, the more you're appreciative and the more you're grateful, the more, you know, you you tend to find happiness in the smaller things and it helps me slow down. So those are just kind of some of the little things that, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of discovered that have helped me, but even most people that have come on and talked to. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've been journaling now for well over a year. I journal every morning and every night. I actually have the stoic journals. I don't know if you've heard of those. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm writing things down. I couldn't agree more. And, and especially writing three things or, or, or a couple things that you're grateful for in the morning. It just puts your, it it just puts your body and mind into like a uh, grateful mindset, (laughs) body and mind into a grateful mindset. But, uh, anyway, yeah, it just puts you into that grateful mindset. And then it's like, you're looking at other things that happen to you through a lens of optimism where like something will happen like you you'll spill your coffee and then you'll probably laugh it off whereas maybe if you didn't get into that grateful mindset you're kind of pissed off and you start your day uh with a lot of pessimism uh as for the self-talk thing like dude i love that i love self-talk but my thing is like um i've recently learned like not recently but about a year or two ago like to like monitor your self-talk and like realize like how you talk to yourself and like something that i've heard and i've been trying to to live uh live by is talk to yourself as if you're your best friend because I find like when when we talk to ourselves it's like fuck man like of course this happens to me like fuck man there's no way I'll be able to recover from this whereas like if it was your best friend in the same situation and he was saying that you'd be like dude come on man why are you thinking that like that like you got this like it's all good you know what I mean and like we don't do that to ourselves it's like what are you doing man like you're you're, you're, you're giving all this confidence and all this stuff to, you're giving all this great advice to all these other people that are going through shit, but then when it's your turn to go through shit, you're giving yourself terrible self-talk and you're not giving yourself the good advice that you, that you should be giving yourself. So that's something like, talk to yourself as if you're your best friend is something that has helped me a ton. And, and like, self-talk is everything, dude, because, 
I said this actually like recently, like what you listen to, what you hear, what you, uh, what, how you talk to yourself. It's like five things. And that's everything that you take in. Like what you take in is like essentially what makes you, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, those are, those are awesome. Uh, those are some awesome tips. Like I wanted to ask you because, uh, are you, are you done playing then? I mean, yeah, but the past year, so I didn't play at all during COVID. Um, I had some opportunities to go back to make it in the SP, but I just kind of needed to just kind of step away for a bit. And then there was a potential opportunity to play in a team in the Division One League in Sweden, but just didn't feel comfortable going over. So, um, yeah, honestly, I've been telling everyone that I've been done. But recently I've been hopping on the ice, like playing men's league and um, with some like, you know, it's like a pro men's league, a lot of college, USHL and, and pro guys. So, kind of playing that again and and giving lessons to little kids like I've gotten the itch again and I guess kind of where I'm at is like I have a few feelers out in the coast some overseas in Europe but I mean for lack of a better I mean can I curse on here is that fine yeah of course bro yeah I mean for lack of a better term like I'm not gonna whore myself out trying to get a contract like if it works out if it's meant to be great like I put out my feelers if it's something that interests me great but I'm not going to be whoring myself out to every coast team to try and play. Like, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I love the game too much. And it was just such a hard year that it gave me such a bad taste. I don't want that to happen again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously like, man, if I could play forever, like I would, I just don't want to be in like a shitty situation and just like playing, just say I'm playing, you know? No, I completely understand, man. Like it's an absolute grind. Some people don't realize like how big of a grind it is, especially like, I know how it is. Like I'm, I was an in and out of the lineup guy. Like especially most of my junior career, and I can relate to the whole like when you got your stint to pro, um, how you got more ice time, and you felt like whoa, like maybe I'm a pro guy. You know what I mean? Like because uh, because it's true, especially in the coast. Like with the whole three lines, like you do play a lot more than like if you were a fourth liner in D one or a fourth liner in major junior. So. It is a lot more opportunity. Like, I find guys, like, that play fourth line in Major Junior in D1. Like, some guys play, like, two, three minutes a game. It's, like, laughable that that they're expected to do something with those minutes. But um, in terms of, like, if you don't play hockey, like, what what, have, what do you got cooking? Obviously, you got the monkey mind, which, by the way, I got. I need to buy a hat. Those hats are elite. And, uh, and might need to hook up for those tape bags. They're looking, they're looking sick too. So, um, by the way, guys, check out the monkey mind on, on Instagram, but, but what, what are your plans? Like, like, what are you looking into if, if you don't go back for another season? Yeah, pretty much. I'm all in on monkey mind. I have, obviously have the podcast. Um, but currently we're close to releasing here, but, um, I'm building up and developing a team of specialists for, um, athletes, one-stop shop for mental health resources for athletes. So team of sports psychologists, nutritional therapists, strength and conditioning coaches. Um, we even have um, a priest on the team too, just because, you know, there were times, I mean, I'm a religious guy. I, I don't go to church every Sunday by any means, but I pray. I'm grateful. I believe in a higher power. That's just what works for me. I don't want to push on anybody, but essentially I took what worked for me and gaining some perspective in that regard. And I'm just putting it out there for everybody else. So, um, I found that when I was at my lowest points, my nutrition was dog shit. I wasn't working out. Uh, my mental game was horrible. and um, The snowball, yeah, just, the snowball effect. Exactly. So, you know, once I got all those things in check, um, I found kind of myself getting into rhythm again. 
and feeling better. Um, so I'm just I'm offering those services out to everybody else and creating that one-stop shop because, you know, when I was going through it, it's like you think you have to go on Google and Google search every little thing that's in your area. Well, why don't you just go to monkeymindathletes.com and you can get all the resources you need right there in one, in one area. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on developing and putting out there, giving that a shot. Um, the lessons, I'm doing hockey lessons under the name and like, to put out, you know, do some camps, clinics and um, have like a mental health portion to it with some sports psychologists, nutritional therapists, just kind of develop the new level of athletes that, um, you know, there's more than just the on ice and off ice component. Like, you know, I've pride, prided myself on, uh, you know, being a hard worker on the ice and in the gym, but at the end of the day, I didn't have it mentally. So all that work went, to, went to shit. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how my vision is for it, and gonna give it a shot and see where it goes. Hopefully, you know it, it works for everybody. Yeah, dude, I think that's an awesome idea. I think a lot of people are starting to uh, take care of their mental health as they should. You know, like more important than your physical health, in my opinion. Um, and dude, like, uh, I I I just wanted to see like if. Um, I, I don't know, man. I'd love to. I'd love to hook up and see, like, if we can do something. Like, I I know a lot of players in the league and stuff, and like, I'd love to. I'd love to connect them with you and with, with Monkey Mind, because I actually love what you're doing, man. I think, kind of, a lot of people have openly came out on podcasts like Spit and Chicklets, uh, and and talked about how they have they have uh like mentors and people that they talk to, um, about life and about the game. I think it's it's extremely important, and I love that you. Uh, through monkey mind are kind of figuring out yourself while also like um, like allowing people or giving people a platform to figure it out with you does that make sense yeah, uh, no, of course. yeah so dude man like I couldn't thank you enough for coming on like this this has been unreal yeah no I, I mean I appreciate you having me on man I think it's awesome what you're doing too and I definitely love to find a way to collaborate and get something going um, I'll definitely send you some stuff too. I got the bags, uh, it's like hockey tape bags and, and, uh, the hats. So I'll definitely be sending those your way, but yeah, uh, we, we, we gotta connect. On. We gotta, we gotta connect again. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely get it going. And, um, yeah, if anyone's listening to is in the Jersey, New York city area, feel free to hit me. I don't have a personal Instagram, but hit me up on the monkey mind Instagram. Love to just, you know, grab a coffee, go out, whatever the case is. So, yeah, yes, it's kind sure. of my thing, man. I just want to be a resource for guys. I know what it's like to feel alone, feel shitty, to get called a pussy for this stuff. So, um, I've been in rock bottom. So, you know. Yeah, and if, I, if, if any, dude, if I'm you in that car and someone that did said that to me, I'm hitting them with a, I'm sticking them with a quick left, and then I'm moving them to the driver's seat, and I'm driving myself home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird situation, but um, I learned from it. I kind of learned that, you know. It's a negative person in my life, and, you know, it's fine. Like, once that person was out of my life, a lot of things cleared up for me. It was weird. So I think this uh, change of scenery and change of environment, change of people is, will do someone very good for their mental health, too. So, but, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank Fuck you. Yeah. All right. I, I, 